Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to the penny bloom podcast it is i colton robertson and today we are talking some star wars the mandalorian i am joined by joseph george what's up homie oh what up what up always a pleasure to be here oh and it's always a pleasure to have you and returning for the second time on this podcast and certainly not the last claire de janeiro how you doing good thank you so much for having me back Oh, of course, of course. You know, we we wanted to figure out a way to get you involved in the finale episode. Unfortunately, our schedules didn't line up, so we we you know we we made this this episode tailor made for you. I don't think this would have happened otherwise. Uh, but regardless, it's going to be it's going to be nice to reflect because mm-hmm. season three, in retrospect, it's aging it's aging rather well in my mind. It's aging mm-hmm. rather well, so I'm excited to talk about it. But first, you know, you uh you came on last month, exactly a month ago today as far as the airing time wow. for yeah for Batman and Robin and uh you know on that podcast we learned that you started listening to our show around uh when we started talking about Moon Knight and I was just uh, I wasn't super familiar with the fact that you're a Star Wars fan I was curious about your relationship to Star Wars how long that's been going on and uh what what drew you to this Yeah um no so I've been a Star Wars fan longer than really any other fan Thing that I have. Um, I watched them when I was like probably 11, 12. Um, we got the box set for Christmas. So that is how I was introduced to that. Um, and yeah, I'm a prequels kid. So I've always been kind of more interested in that aspect. And then when the sequels came out, I was like, yeah, this is fine. Um, I like it, but it's not quite, you know, the Star Wars of my childhood that I loved so much. Mm-hmm. But then once the Mandalorian came out and Disney Plus started doing all this, doing more with Star Wars, I, I got much more back into it. And I feel like that's really when I joined, you know, the fandom as as we would call it. So it's uh, it's been a lifelong thing, but it's definitely been something that I've enjoyed coming back to now as someone who's much older. Oh, no, I, I love that. You know, I think a lot of us prequel babies can probably relate to that sort of arc as far as our enjoyment of star wars you know because even though i've I've been a star wars fan my entire life you know there was a stretch of time there where i destroyed my dvds didn't have dvds and the only times i would watch the star wars movies is if i caught them on like tnt or whatever the fuck you know so like uh that era between when my dvds got destroyed and disney plus launching my fandom wasn't as strong as it as it once was or what it has come to be you know and Disney Plus has changed the game as far as that's mm-hmm. concerned. You know, the the fandom is alive and well, probably more so than it ever really has been. Absolutely. And, uh, you I, destroyed a, your DVDs? Like, oh, you I watched them so much. I watched that, them so much that they were destroyed. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, it was we not went through, that you did that. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, we went no, through, no, no. Uh, we definitely Never. went through a Revenge of the Sith copy. That's for sure. Oh. I know that. I think a Return of the Jedi copy got so scratched mm. up too. But yeah. we, 
I remember we tried to keep like we got that box set for Christmas too. It was like the gold, you know, like the yeah. gold and black. Yeah, the, I, don't I had know, like the silver plated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and like I remember my brother, you know, my brother he he liked to he wasn't very careful with things, you know. He kind of didn't care mm-hmm. if it was a you know what. But I was very I, I like to be a little more careful and keep things pristine, mm-hmm. and I like to keep that box set pristine. But we just watched Revenge of the Sith and Return of the Jedi so much it was just inevitable. You know, yeah, I, probably, I think I still have go. the DVDs. Yeah. I still have them. Oh, yeah. They're just, yeah. They're just not watchable. You know? <laughs> just they don't do anything. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the movie's I'll no watch longer the first there, 10 minutes but, and then it'll yeah. be like... Oh, yeah. At least we got Disney Plus for now, though. You know, yes. we, we, yes. we got that. Yeah. So that, that's nice. But Definitely changed yeah, the game. No, yeah. I mean, what I'm going to... I mean, I've got... I'm so concerned about the future of like streaming as far as uh, Star Wars shows specifically, you know? Yeah. Mandalorian where, could just stop existing at some point. Andor could stop existing at some point. Like where where are the Star Wars TV show Blu-rays and DVDs and stuff? I want to watch this stuff and I want to have it so that it never goes away. If Disney Plus goes away, so does all of that. That is kind and, of a crazy thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah like that's it's not maybe good. not fast, but like for our kids like who knows if they'll never be able to see this that would be crazy I know. especially the mandalorian this one's tailor-made for the next generation of star wars fans i think and uh and you know i think it started more as being tailor-made for the next generation of star wars fans and has now evolved into probably more aimed towards roughly our age range given that we've had the time to watch clone wars and watch rebels and watch all this stuff and then get reacquainted with characters like mm-hmm. bo katan Kreese and stuff so uh Let's talk some Mandalorian because obviously Disney Plus, that's what they, they literally launched with the Mandalorian. Like they announced Disney Plus and they were like, awesome. We're going to do the first live action Star Wars TV show to open that thing up. So like it's a, it goes hand in hand, the Mandalorian and Disney Plus and man, uh, season three, you know, I, I, I had my gripes throughout the season and, uh, but the way they capped it off in that back half, they really just, they really tied that thing all together, Claire. You know, we haven't had you on to talk any season three. I'm curious your thoughts on it. Yeah, um, not to reiterate everything that you've all been talking about with your coverage of the season, which has been great. But, um, yeah, it was it was a weird season for me. Um, I think now having seen the whole thing, I understand more of the choices that were made. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I can appreciate what they did with it. I wonder how much behind-the-scenes stuff affected what they were able to do. Um, and I think that it's strange because it seemed to try to expand the story very far. And now at the end, I feel like it was kind of also a reset of like, okay, we're going back to what it was, which I don't mind. I think that was an interesting way to look at it. And now I'm kind of just looking at the whole season as like, oh, this whole thing was a side quest. Like we're not doing episodes of side quests. The whole thing was a side quest. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I can appreciate it for that. And there were mo- there were really cool moments in this season, and there were really great episodes of this season, even if Altogether didn't quite come together for me. I think that looking back on it, it makes a little bit more sense than it did, especially after the first couple episodes. Mm. No, I'm 100% with you because, uh, you know, we, we start the season like pretty strong you know the 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 premiere you're like okay instead of randomly going on side quests they're setting up all the side quests you know the gorian shard stuff and ig11 and all this other stuff going to find the memory unit which never ends up coming back around they end up doing something else with that altogether, which is cool but uh you know 
and then the second episode, The Minds of Mandalore, the kind of idea of the season I had in my head coming into it. And I think that's a key component of, you know, expectations versus reality is that I thought what was accomplished in episode two of this season was the point of this season. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think we all did. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I, I thought yeah. di- exploring Din's relationship to the children of the watch was going to be the point of the season. And when that's kind of stamped out immediately, he's like, yeah, I'm going to redeem myself and then I'm going to dedicate myself to this fully again. Like, that's all. Uh, yeah. It was kind of like, oh, OK, sure. I hope we get back around to that. And then we never really did. Yeah, and I guess it might be a marketing decision or like decision too, because they were really pushing the like Din versus Bo Katan, or like yeah, it was, it was Din really... and Bo like side by side, and like I mean, you know, seasons one and two, it's Din and Grogu. They're clearly the main characters. We follow them everywhere we go, and like I'm not mad that Bo Katan was the main character of this season. Mm-hmm. I think it's just if they marketed the season from the start as Bo, you know, like being the focal point and then having like Din and Grogu on the sides of her, you know, and maybe getting us used to that idea before instead of it being this Din and, and, and Bo. And some people were like, Oh, they're going to fight each other. Like that's a lot of people were like, they're versus each other, you know, like it's going to be Din versus Bo-Katan and they're going to fight. And it's like, I don't know. Everyone was a little confused even before the season started. And then once it started, people were still like, yeah, I could see Bo turning on Din at some point. And I'm like, I don't like, I don't like we're, everyone was just kind of everywhere, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I don't think the season itself is bad. That's the thing. It's just kind of everything around it that made it confusing and, and weird, I guess a little bit, but, um, I don't know. I'll, I'll be interested to see like where it falls in the grand scheme of Star Wars, like of Disney Plus, like era where you think this season like stacks up with everything else. Because I, I, I did like you, you said we might do like a Disney Plus kind of you know see where everything stands, you know where where I, and I kind of just thought I'm like I put everything that they've released out and and I don't know it. I do like it, but I still think that it's. You know, Maybe on the weaker end. It's on the weaker end of the half. release. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, uh, I agree. but, hmm. I think, too, um, like you said with the, the marketing and everything, like, I can't even imagine what the fan reaction to finding out that Mando wasn't really the main character of this season would have been prior to the season. I think I would have been upset about it because mm. I, I wasn't super, I like Bo-Katan a lot. I think that her arc was amazing. Um, I just think that what I like about the show and what I think a lot of people like about the show is the character of Mandalorian and also the relationship between him and Grogu. Obviously, like, that's why we're watching the show. Hmm. And I feel like this season stepped away from that or, like, didn't quite understand that that really is the heart and soul of the show. And so I feel Hmm. like there were a lot of moments that everything looked really cool, but it didn't feel good or it didn't feel the way I wanted it to feel and I mm-hmm. I wonder if this season was kind of like we're just gonna throw it we're gonna throw a lot at you we're gonna show you a lot of stuff to kind of distract from the fact that we're not maybe going to right away do the storylines that you thought we were gonna do um again I wonder if it was it had something to do with the fact that Pedro Pascal was clearly not available to film and if you can't have the possibility of him taking off his helmet, then like what storyline are we doing with what mm. just previously happened? Right. It seems like mm. 
maybe they were just like, we'll push that off for now and we'll give them a lot to look at. We'll give them a very noisy season and then maybe we'll come back to this at another time. No, yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you because I, you know, uh, speaking of like the behind the scenes stuff that seems like I've, we've heard this kind of complaint throughout the season, this critique that season three doesn't quite feel like the same show as the first two seasons. And I think that's more than fair. You know, uh, we've, we've talked about how the Rangers of the new Republic got merged with this season of the show. And that automatically lent it to having sort of a, a different field in the first couple seasons. It made it much grander. It was very fun to watch, but it was, uh, there, there were points where it was like, how much of this do we really need? And then, Beyond that, the first two seasons are, like we said, so Din and Grogu focused that to expand it to Bo-Katan kind of made it feel that maybe Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni didn't always have the same idea. And then they came together and they made Jon Favreau show for the first two seasons and made Dave Filoni show for the third season. That um, makes a whole lot of sense now that I think about it. Because, yeah, I'm fresh off of watching seasons one and two. I just got a, a good rewatch in. And Ahsoka, like, like Ahsoka was in season. It'd be a perfect transition from, like, if they just continued the, like, little Ahsoka threads and, like, ended up teasing Thrawn. Like, I, I've there's so much stuff that's being thrown around right now about, like, Disney higher-ups and how, like, Kathleen Kennedy said no to this and hard cut this off the show. And then Bob Iger said yes and no to the, and I'm like, I don't know how to trust any of this, yeah. you know, like I, I don't want to trust any of it at all because most of it just seems that it's just for clicks and views and yeah, articles anyways. And like, so like at the end of the day, until we get anything that's concrete, you know, like I don't want to say that it's anyone's fault, but what I can say is that like, there was just something that was off. You know, we we can tell that the writing, some decision that wasn't, it wasn't on the performers. It wasn't on the actors, you know. They did the best that, you know, with the cards that they were dealt, they kind of did the best that they could. So it was, it wasn't their fault. It was really the writing room or something up there um, until we know, I guess, I don't know. I don't know how we'll know what if they'll ever release that. I don't think... Yeah, we'll they, know. Will, but no, or maybe no, it's just it, not that deep. Maybe they they just needed time. Yeah, no, and maybe maybe there's the perspective that they're just looking to get Mandalore back into the big picture, and they need like that. That requires a pretty extensive arc, you know, like it it truly does. And uh, I'm glad it got done because I truly think Bose is one of the better arcs in all of Star Wars. Now this this season of Bo Katan's arc, I think it's thought it was really fucking good but uh you know it was interesting to dedicate an entire season of a show uh, an entire season of a show to it you know like because even so you know and i'm not one to gripe on like filler because i love filler that's when we get like the most character moments and stuff that's when we spend the most time with our characters you know a lot of people regarded episode six of this season guns for hire where they met jack black and lizzo as kind of the filler episode of the season but so, that one oh that one more than anything was the most like compelling episode for din and bo's relationship you know like the way they work together the way they connect and the way they discuss things like i need more of that and i just like there were there were too many episodes this season where it felt like our characters got sidelined for the, the grand scope. And it's like, I don't, I don't, yeah. 
that's not what this show has been. And I'm okay with them taking that route. You know, like I said, season three was still grand and it was, it was fun. But, you know, when it came to the Mandalorian, I was expecting character moments. That's what the entire first two seasons have been. And, uh, it kind of took a step back from that, but, uh, like episodes one and two did a pretty good job. Episodes seven and eight did a pretty good job, but like pretty much everything in between, everyone took kind of a step to the side. It was kind of like, yeah. I don't know. It's like those moments like on the street when he, when Grogu's in IG 12 at the time and just walking, you know, and they're at that food stand, like those moments right there, it's, Sure, filler, whatever, but it gets a smile on – if you're a Star Wars fan, I hope you're smiling during that scene. If you're not, there's more going. I don't know. There's there's more wrong with you there. But, like, it just – it shows, like, Grogu finally has, like, an upper hand on Din, you know? Like, it's the first time that Grogu is kind of fighting back, and it's, like, his teenage – you know, I don't know. He's going through his, like, rebellious stage, and I, it's hilarious, and, like, I don't know. That's that's what I want to see more, you know? I, I – I really love how grand the show is and everything, but like it, I really just don't have any time to sit with the characters and, and know what they're thinking after these big moments happen. You know, like I, I really think that, that after we just took Mandalore back, you know, like that, that's the grand thing. That's what we've been wanting to do the whole season. And that, that is the plan, you know, even from season two, that was Bo's plan to take back Mandalore. She, she was you know, ready to just get crates of weapons and go back and take it right away. So like that, that's been the plan the whole time. And we finally got there. And then it was just like, bam, you know, Ragnar's, uh, uh, whatever you want to call that. I don't know, you know, initiation. And then bam, the forge is relit. And then bam, Din's back on Navarro. Bam, Din's in his house. And it's like, oh my God, like we just took back Mandalore, something that we've been wanting to do for so long. And then now we don't even get to hear those thoughts on what she's thinking or the armor or din or anyone really it's just like that's what we need more of and that's what i feel like is just was lost this season and and like that's the moments and everything like like i love where the story went and i i like it's so cool like what they're setting up um but it does feel more of like a setup you know and i can I do like I, I do think that they still told somewhat of a complete story, but I really do think that this season was more of a setup for the next generation of like Star Wars and the next era of Star Wars, rather than um, let's make a really good season of television. Um, yeah. So I think that they didn't really make any hard and fast decisions about a lot of things this season. I think they left a lot open, um, particularly when I think of like Din and Bogotan's relationship. I think that. They they kind of floated the idea that maybe it was romantic. They didn't really do anything with it. Mm. I think that if we continue the story and we see that it is romantic, it makes sense with what we started. But I also feel like if they decide not to go that route, then they don't even have to mention it. And I feel like I wonder if they've done that with a lot of different arcs in this series. Like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna float the idea. We're gonna float the idea of like um, Din's back with the Mandalorians. We're gonna float the idea of maybe he's working with the New Republic. We're gonna float the idea of maybe Elia Kane is gonna be important. Mm. We're not gonna make any really hard and fast decisions about it right now. No, yeah, big, that's that's a that's a solid uh, take that I hadn't really considered. Everything is kind of like, well, if we wanted to act on it, we absolutely can. But if we yeah. want to completely disregard it, we also <laughs> can do that. I feel uh, like because, that's kind of this whole season. <laughs> yeah, no, one hundred percent. Because like at the end of season two. We're left in a pretty we're left in a place where we're like, oh, 
we got to deal with this. Choices have been made. We have yeah. to deal with the ramifications of the actions taken at the end of season two. Moff Gideon's in custody. Uh, Bogatan doesn't have the dark saber. Din is Din's taken mm-hmm. off the helmet. And then in season three, in in a at the end of a season where everything has been done, they immediately undo all of it. Book, Book of Boba Fett, they reunite mm-hmm. Din and Grogu. He redeems himself in the minds of Mandalore early on this season. Bo is no longer interested in the Darksaber or wanting to rule. We're not doing a Din versus Bo thing, which I ended up really enjoying, but like that's what they made it seem like they were going to be doing, you know? Like uh, there's there's all sorts of stuff where it's like, oh, well, we just decided we're not going to do the things mm-hmm. that season two seems to insist they will be doing. And I think that was something that was kind of bothering me this season too. Like a reason why this season wasn't really working for me was that it seemed like there were no consequences for anything that had happened previously. And when you end season two, I don't know if anyone would ever have thought that like, we're not going to deal with the fact that he took off his helmet. We're not going to talk about the fact that that's like, and even the fact that no one questions him on or doesn't question din on anything that he does this season like there's never a moment where anyone is like hey um why are you doing this hi why did you take your helmet off last season if it's so important to you what do you want at this point like we just don't really get anything from him yeah like internally there's got to be a reason he decided yeah. I want to take my helmet off and show my child my like, face. This might be the last time I see him. I don't know if I'll really ever see him again. And I, you know, like I, I think in the, after my rewatch, I've I've realized that, you know, the end of this season, it's like the official adoption. And yeah. people are like, well, he's already been calling him his son and everything. So like we were already there. But I feel like. I don't think it's it's really that. Like p- before you adopt someone in real life, you call them dad and son. Like mm-hmm. you you get used to the idea before you just like, "Oh, adopted. Now we call each other dad." And you know, I get you, yeah, like you build that relationship first and that's that's what we've been building towards until like this official let's write it in the song and make it official, you know, because um I wrote down like I even in season 1 whenever the armorer was talking with Din, uh, I wrote down some of the lines because I still think that there's maybe a chance that there's a grander storyline going on that's that could really change. Like I don't know. I'm I'm holding on a little bit just in case. But there's a line that the armorer says. You know, whenever um, she gives him his mission and saying, "You must go. The foundling is in your care by creed until it is of age or reunited with its own kind. You are as its father. This is the way." So it is. It's in creed that. Until this baby can speak for itself and take the creed for itself, or you give it back to its parents, you have to protect it, and you have to be its father. So Din wasn't necessarily protecting Grogu out of, you know, love or compassion, whatever, at first, you know, necessarily. It was more of, like, his mission, but then obviously he does have an attachment to Grogu, and, like, it's more out of that, uh, you know, and then now it's, now I officially adopt you as my son, you know, we've, it's already been said, but now let's make it official, and, and I'm not gonna reunite you with your parents now, I am taking you as, you know, my son, and you are officially, like, taking the creed now, you know, That's another interesting piece of, like, discourse that's been happening, a lot of, like, uh, I didn't get this at all, uh, from the, the context of the show but a lot of people were like 
thinking they were setting up another side quest at the end of season three, whenever the armor says, uh, uh, his parents are not here if they are even alive. Like everyone's like, Oh God, are they going to find Grogu's parents? No, they're <laughs> fucking not. No, they're not. That's not at all. I feel like he just comes out of the earth. Like he doesn't even have parents. Exactly. He just exists. He just, he's just he there. Yeah. He's- like, uh, like and that's my thing is that like I I I find sometimes that discourse surrounding the show is about like the complete wrong things, know. you know, like uh and and around pretty much everything is is around the complete wrong things, yeah. uh because like that that shouldn't even be on your mind. His family is Din. He just got adopted by Din. That's that's what just happened. What are we talking about trying to find Grogu's parents? That's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh. It's also, and, it's and, never that deep. It's never like a one throwaway line that ends up being like the crux of the issue. Like it's it's no. never like that. No, nah, and it's it's immediately undone. He's like, yeah, fuck it. I'm never gonna find his fucking parents. I'll adopt him. <laughs> like my own. I, don't, I don't. I don't think he even has parents. You know, like who knows exactly. if he even has parents? We don't even know how this species comes about at all. Um, yeah. So he could just be searching forever, and then I don't know. It's much better. Much better this way. And that's yeah, what Grogu totally wanted to do. That's what Grogu like, wanted to Yeah, like, Grogu left the Jedi. Grogu left Luke, you know, for mm-hmm. Din. And, like, that's what he wanted. So, he like, found his place, it's, man. It's that's not even – a lot of people – like, I was also um, – I think even I said in the finale, I'm like, man, they really didn't even give Grogu the chance to, like uh, – that, that, like, Luke gave Grogu the chance to leave, you know, but Din didn't give Grogu the same chance. But, like, I forgot that – Grogu already said no to Luke and he already made like yeah. his decision by leaving already and putting on you know the chainmail. Um so like um I don't know I, I was a little wrong there. Um uh, and I can't I can't hold you for that. You know, one of my one of my things uh about the official adoption of of Grogu, you know, in Star Wars we have so many examples of found family and just deciding that you are of their line, you know, with Ray becoming a Skywalker. And, uh, I mean, like Leia is officially in Organa. Like that's, that's more of an official sort of thing. But, uh, you know, with Grogu making the choice to go back to Din and Din, like, I appreciate that they did like an official thing, but I also don't think they needed to do an official thing in Star Wars. I think it's just always kind of been the case that if someone decides, they're a family, they're a family. Like that's what star Wars has Mm. always been. So I thought it was kind of a, I thought it was kind of a hollow attempt at trying to seal Mm. up the season. Yeah. A hundred percent. Again, we're not introducing anything new. It's like, we already knew this. We're not doing anything hard and fast and different with Mm. this. Like nothing. There's no big consequences of really. And like, but like, again, they're not even living on Mandalore now. So yeah, like th- that's that's what was interesting to me too is the armorer being like, "You must take him on journeys as your mentor did for you." And it's like, what the fuck have they been doing, bro? Like, have they have they not been going on fucking journeys? Quest. They had to help out their friend Bo-Katan, and now I don't know. Yeah, I, I I think it's it's more of just what you said earlier of just let's let's put everything kind of loosely and vaguely up mm-hmm. in the air so that we can do whatever we want when the time comes you know just in case we don't have pedro pascal that can come on set and show his face mm-hmm. or you know and or there is a, a higher up that makes a decision that cuts something out because I, I guess there there actually is some discourse that i didn't know about with pedro pascal and skeleton crew or something like that that he was supposed to be on um 
skeleton crew, but then there was someone like in the cast or something where the cast wouldn't work well together, so they like cut it out. I don't know. This I guess this could just be a, another lie that someone made up completely. But mm. um, I mean, every season there's a rumor that comes yeah, out that's, that's that, like true. everyone hates working with Pedro Pascal right. and he's leaving the show and. Yeah, he left. He left set in anger, and then like, yeah, I'm like everything yeah, behind the scenes. A jillion dollar job where he has to show up two days a year to. And work. then, but then like, I saw a like. Uh, uh, I hope this isn't a Pedro quote, but it, it was. It says it was from him, and he says that he loves playing the role, and he he would love to play it for as long as he could. But you know, even if someone else has to fit in the suit, then that's okay, or something along those lines. And that's just like, I don't know. It's very weird that. I don't know. I really hope that like his that he stays, you know, Mando. And I hope that there isn't like the possibility that he's going to be recast or anything. Like I really hope this is kind of just smoke. And I don't, I don't uh, think he'll ever be recast. It's just that like uh, they're gonna have to do something pretty compelling to convince me he should stay inside Mm -hmm. a suit. You know, you know, like yeah. I think the issue too is like. There was never a moment where I thought that he would have his mask off all the time. Like, Hmm. you know, he still is, I think, very ingrained in this idea of, like, I'm not going to show my face to everyone. But I, we're at the point where, like, we need some growth from him. Like, we need to see him start to question. We need to see, God, I wanted to see his backstory so badly. We still don't know anything about this man. I think that's what we're getting into, and I think, I think all the dots are connecting. I, I hope and, so. I really, and, and I, I'm hoping that it was just like we're pushing that off until we know that Pedro can be here. Because um, I think next yeah. season, what I'm just, I'm not trying to have many expectations for it because I had a lot mm. of expectations for this season, and then I kind of was disappointed with what we didn't get and couldn't really enjoy what we did get, but. What I'm hoping is that in the next season where it seems to be a reset of season one and like going back to bounty hunting and things that he is starting to realize that he is different. Like he can't just, you know, in the words of our Lord and Savior, Harry Styles, it's not the same as it was. No, it is not. No, it is not. He needs to start to realize that because I think he's in denial about that. That's what I think, too. But like there's nothing the show's doing to present that to me, you know, like Boba Fett. I think they did a better job of that because you see him trying to do his bounty hunter thing, but he's still thinking about Grogu and Ahsoka's like, listen, like you made a choice. You have to deal with it. And the armor kicks him out. Like, I feel like they started to deal with that really nicely in that show. And then again, there was just no consequences for it this season. Well, and it's like the consequences of season two was wrapped up in, four episodes of the book of Boba Fett and the first two episodes of this season of the Mandalorian reunite Grogu and Din. he redeems himself. Okay. We can just wash our hands of that for a while and we'll figure that out later. Like that, that was kind of why I was, I was like, you know, I, I think in a better show in a better written show, everything that we did get could have existed alongside Din questioning his, Mm. his religion you know because like uh what's Bo doing she's questioning her her entire outlook on everything now that she is being introduced to din and introduced to the children of the watch i feel like there's something where simultaneously Bo can learn or din can learn from Bo and kind of realize Mm. like oh if she can walk both worlds why can't i sort of thing instead they were like 
we're not gonna we're not gonna deal with that at all let's do the what's what's mm-hmm. what's interesting is that like this season was the most difficult to write in comparison to seasons one and two i think like as far as the arc bow takes and the the grandeur of the storyline and even then they did it in the easiest way they possibly could yeah. which is like uh it's kind of the kind of my issue with the season as a whole is that like while i enjoy the things they did i just know it could have been done better we've seen it done better so mm-hmm. it's like it, I just, I, know, I just Bo, have mixed feelings. Bo like sitting in her throne room, and like I think it's episode two. Whenever she's all depresso and all like given up, you know, and yeah. like oh, it's just sitting, oh, I'm done with everything. Oh, I hate every. But, but like before that, uh, like I don't know. She's apparent. Like, did she try to take back Mandalore again? Like, I guess she was. She was looking for weapons and stuff in like season two. And they got, I don't know, they got those. But then she had her followers and everything. But then apparently she tried to take back Mandalore, and then her followers left her after that. After it didn't work again. Or so, like, it... No, go ahead, sorry. No, I'm just, I'm confused, I guess, a little bit. Like, did something happen off screen that we didn't no. see? Well, no. Well, what like... happened off screen is that they're all standing there in the cruiser after Grogu leaves, and it's like, okay, where did we all go from? Like, what happened after that scene? Did Dinner exactly. was like, yeah. okay, we're out. Like, what, what happened? I think, it's, I think that's just crucial to show. Like, if Bo was going to be the main character of the season, we need to know what happened from, you know, we, we got all the connecting dots for Din and Grogu and we got them back together. But, like, Bo was just off screen that, that pretty much that whole time. And I don't know. It's just, like, I feel like we need to know. We I don't know. I feel like instead of her sitting at the table and telling everyone how she lost the dark saber and, and everything, you know, I guess that happened before. Um, but like a lot of it, just a lot of her story happened through exposition instead of it just being, I don't know, a flashback for, Bo, I don't know, something, you know, for I thought that, I mean, uh, she went back to her crew and was like, uh, the other Mandalorian now has the dark saber. And they're like, wow. Like, cause that's really important to them for some reason. So maybe they were just like, okay, we're out. And then she didn't know what to do after that. Yeah, no, like that's that's what they that's what they tell us. Like that is what happened, you know. Like, uh, what what's interesting is there's this framing of it in episode six where Lizzo says that like, uh, you your friends over there said that they left you when you still had aspirations to retake Mandalore, which doesn't make any mm. sense. Um, like that's what they want to do. I don't like what are we what are we talking about? They all want that. I don't, uh, but. Regardless, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I do think they did that relatively well. It was expositiony, you know, like there's, if they're not going to show it, they had to tell yeah, us because uh, there's no way we can avoid that. Her, her just sitting in her throne room. I think if I remember correctly, her line was like, I returned without the dark saber. Mm. They left and I had nothing left. You know, um, oh, so it was just that, that was it. Nothing. That was it. Happened. You know, like, yeah, uh, but I mean, I still agree that. There seemed to be a disconnect between what happened at the end of that season and what happened at the beginning of this one. No, for sure. Because, like, not to mention that Bo, I like the way it set up her arc for the season, her finding herself and reacquainting herself with Mandalorian culture and being like, okay, wait a minute. I think I remember what I what drove me previously. Mm-hmm. Um but the idea that Bo between seasons two and three lost all devotion. Yeah. Yeah. Lost all 
sight of herself because she didn't have the dark saber. Don't buy that. You know, I just, I, and I know that there's been like, she's done this multiple times. She's fought for Mandalore. She's, she's won it. She's lost. She's fought for Mandalore. She's won it. She's lost. You know, there is, there is a cyclical thing going on where it's like, okay, at some point, you do go, fuck, man, is it even worth it for another time? Because that was kind of another interesting point of this season is that this arc is one that we've seen with Bo-Katan, if you've watched mm. Rebels. Um, her gaining the Darksaber and being like, yeah, we got Mandalore back, baby. Let's do it. And then Mandalore fell into Moff Gideon's hands and the Empire destroyed it. And then, like, it's just interesting to watch a character go through essentially the same exact shit twice. And then it works. And it works. You know, like that's not that's not one that like happens very often. And I, I do I like I said, I really appreciate Bo for this season. And uh but, but that's the thing, is that like that's about it. That's about all I appreciate about this season. I agree. I agree. I feel like that's actually like the same arc that Bo goes through in the sequels where like he does the same thing and it doesn't work and then at the end, oh it actually does work. Like we can count on everyone else. And I, mm-hmm. I didn't particularly like that in the sequels and I didn't really think about it in this one but yeah i think that her arc in general is just a little bit more compelling yeah but uh, i wonder i wonder if they're just trying to to give Bo a live action arc that can kind of sum up yeah like sum up her animation arc so that people don't have to watch like they just know that people aren't going to watch those shows sad like at this point you know i don't know um and just maybe they're just trying to wrap that all up, destroy the dark saber, you know, get rid of all that and be like, all right, we got Mandalore back. There's a bunch of Mandalorians. Now we gave you the different factions that exist, you know, death watch, not gone. I don't, that, that like one thing, death watch is still thriving. The armor doesn't just like, I don't know. We, we, there's, there's no way. I I don't know. I'm not letting go of the armor. I'm like 50, 50 on her. I think she's more of like, I think she had some bad stuff in her past. I think she's fully on Bo-Katan's side now, but she did something before. Something happened, whether it was the armorer or someone. There was something that happened before that will change the game, and they're they're waiting on the reveal. And I, I don't know. I think, I think it was supposed to happen this season, but then they were like, "Oh fuck, we need to write a completely. We need to do something different." I don't know. I think my theory that she's Rook cast could still work. Yeah, like, I think really, it's really. Yeah. Uh, because if she's part of the reason Mandalore was destabilized in the first place, that automatically mm-hmm. puts her at odds with the Kree's clan, you know, like uh, if she, you know, because she helped Maul ascend to the throne of Mandalore, yeah. which is an inciting act of destroying the place, you know. Uh, so it's just kind of like there's all sorts of directions they could go. But, you know, I. I and when it comes to Death Watch, I don't think Death Watch is still around. I don't think she's joking when she says, you know. Oh, okay. I mean, not like by name, but I mean, like, those people are oh, still, yeah. like, they're, they're scattered, but they still are doing what they, you know, Death Watchy things. I like they still believe in the way that they, they did, but. Maybe she just feels really guilty. Maybe she doesn't want anyone mm. to know. What that's happened, where my and that's why she's at. being yeah. so weird and shady. Yeah. And that's why she's like, it's yeah, fine. And she doesn't want to take her off. helmet off ever. She's yeah, like, hey, she's let's actually adopt this. Let's, yes, let's, make this. Ever. let's, ooh, this oh, is the creed. Ooh. This is what the Mandalorians did. Even better for she my case. Let's, let's never take our helmets off. Wait, that is and, so 
and her armor it's it's very crimson very that red already you know uh, um i don't know i think there's there's definitely something going on and one thing that i like okay i guess i i could be looking a little just too far into it i I really want it to be the armor so like i'm looking at details you know kind of surrounding her um but like the the Rommel, is that what it's called? The thing that she gave Grogu? What, what's the Rondell. Little... Rondell, sorry. I knew it started with an R. Rondell. I think it's so funny to me. Um, I lo- yeah. I looked up the definition of Rondell just because I was like, mm-hmm. that's such a dope-ass name for it. You know what it means? <laughs> what? Circle. That's it. Circle. <laughs> that is so Star Wars. Wow. Well, the circle. You the get a Rondell. But, like, circle. in the it. armor... There's like it's not just Beskar, you know. There's like tech in there. There's like wires and like I don't know. There's like stuff in there, you know. Like Din when he got his armor all messed up, he was like wiring it all and like fixing it up. So it's not just armor. Uh, there's like tech in there, and even in even in Grogu's little uh, little circle, uh, there's there's tech in there. And I'm like, you know, they they do have Grogu's DNA and everything, but like, what an easy way to track every single Mandalorian that exists by the armorer just putting a tracker in every single Mando's armor that exists. You know, like, every single armor piece that she makes, there is tech in there, and it's just, who's ever gonna think that the armorer's the one, you know, that's that's coming at them and tracking all of them? But, like, Grogu has that, has that thing on his chest, and then they're tracking him through Gideon's, you know, thing the whole way through, and I, I thought it could just be his DNA's, you know, signature, but, I mean, they literally have something on his chest, and that's way better, in my opinion, you know, mm-hmm. and then Mando has a full suit, you know, a full, exactly, they're not allowed to take, in their helmet, that they're not allowed to ever take off, just put a tracker in their helmet, you know, sort of, th- I don't know, I, I think, like, and, you know, you, Gideon, like, there's a reason that Mandalore was the only place that could forge Beskar. Like, there, and I guess it was there. Like, Beskar, just the material itself, I think, was just found in Mandalore. Yeah, Um, But, like, no one else really, no one else fucked. Like, I don't know. You you didn't hear about people on Tatooine just forging their own Beskar. Or people, I guess Tatooine is a really bad example, but, like, like oh, even a, a, a way even more developed, yeah, Coruscant. You know, there's there's still no forge and Beskar on Coruscant. You know, there's something special about it that Mandalorians only know. And I feel like the armorer is, you know, there there it's a a lot of them died through the Great Purge, and the Imperial and, and Gideon in this example needed someone that knew how to forge Beskar, that knew what they were doing, and he sends out a bounty to try to find Grogu, and then he sees. All of this Beskar, shiny, brand new, on a full suit of armor made for Din, and is like, oh, very interesting. Someone knows how to make Beskar, and very well at that point. So, and then he goes in, and then all of the Mandalorians are dead. Like, that, that's the next thing. They save Din, and then the next thing we see, all of them are dead, and the Armorer and Paz are the only ones that are alive. Paz is gone. We don't really see where he went. But then the armor's there, just picking up all the scraps, melting down the Beskar, and... Like, just acting like it's all good, you know? Like, I don't know. It's There's something just fishy going on with the armor. I, I love that mm. idea. And I'm also, I'm thinking, because I don't really totally understand all of the, like, lore of Mandalore. Like, it doesn't totally mm. make sense to me. Because this whole, like, the way, like, we've walked the way of the Mandalore. Is this something that the armor is simply making up? Like, does anyone even know? How long has, like, this group been around for? Like, I... Right. Because Din mm. doesn't know. Din up with this so if 
this is something that was just like a Clone Wars era thing that she's making up. Like, how would you even know? And not even to be like super evil, but maybe just to cover her own tracks. Or... Right. Right. Yeah, is the helmet thing even legitimately yeah. an old Mandalore? Like, is that well, actually we, a thing? When you think about like what Mandalore is like in the Clone Wars, it's really not a warrior cast. It's a very like it's a city that's like full of technology it's a civilization like, yeah it's... it's a very peaceful place and right um, i do think it's interesting what they decide to bring into li- live action from the animation like i think it's very interesting that we have never gotten a satine mention mm-hmm. despite the fact that we now have two shows where it hurt like yeah. her family or her love modern star wars is refusal to acknowledge satine crease and padme amidala pisses me off and, like, I'm just, and, and padme and padme you're right like say say why are we not like like Satine is responsible for making Mandalore a peaceful planet, a, a planet that was in constant civil war and that could never agree with each other. And then she got them to be peaceful and then be, become a civilization and not fight. And I feel like yeah, that's pretty crucial uh, on on Bo on her, you know, but just on Mandalore it, at, at, on on as a whole. I don't know. Um, I do want to go back to Claire's questioning of the the way of the Mandalore as mm-hmm. it is put. I tend mm-hmm. to trust Bo-Katan as her as like the level head as far as knowing the history of Mandalore being a part of the royal family and stuff. And she does kind of insist that this it was it's an ancient way though. Like it hasn't been like that for fucking ever. Um so like it is it is automatically weird that the armor would bring that that back because it's an ancient way that has been forgotten forever. But given that the the uh during the clone wars the mandalorians were peaceful, the death watch was there to incite the idea that they need to be a warrior people. That is the point of mandalorians. That was mm-hmm. the purpose of death watch in the first place. And for the children of the watch to be an offshoot of that where they are doing bounty hunting and they're training to be warriors and they are they are walking the oldest way of the Mandalore kind of makes sense as an offshoot of the death watch, just in the most extreme sense of the word. So like, uh, I, I follow, I follow the history of how it got here pretty, pretty concisely because not to mention, I don't think the children of the watch existed until the purge. Yeah. Mm. I, I feel the same way. Also, yeah. I mean, I just have a couple of questions about how they even come to be because, like, obviously they're not having families, right? So, like, everyone in the Children of the Watch is mm. someone that they found. Mm. So, I guess they could tell them anything, right? Right. Yeah. I guess. No. Yeah. And I'm I'm one hundred percent. Like, I don't really know. I don't really get it. And I thought the armorer was around whenever Din, you know, was a foundling, but like, no. I there was there was a line where she's basically like, "Hey, have you have you trained in the ways of the jetpack or whatever? Maybe like rising Phoenix, rising Phoenix, something like that." And then he's like, "Uh, yes, as a kid." He says, "When I was a boy." And and then she's like, "This will make you complete." Um, so like I guess whenever Den was training, she wasn't around. And then there there was another line where it was like that she didn't know of something about Din's younger life or like that. Yeah. Like Din even says I was a foundling and then, but the armor's like, I know. So I, I, I was, I was trying to kind of pinpoint when the armorer and Din would have met, you know, sort of thing, because I don't know. I was trying, I don't know, just trying to think of. There's a really important detail in season three about Din growing up on Concordia. 
Din grew up in Death Watch. Yeah. Specifically, not the children of the Watch. And it's not until the Purge that the Armorer leads a sect of the Death Watch to dip off the planet and preserve themselves, or dip off the moon and preserve themselves, which is why I think they induced the the ancient way once again, which okay. is odd, um, because the whole idea there was that, like, to preserve Mandalorians, we must hide, but then you wear the most obviously mm-hmm. glaringly, like, if you look at someone wearing that, you go, you're a fucking Mandalorian, you know? And mm-hmm. to the idea that you're not supposed to take it off by any means kind of negates the idea that you know but that was the whole point of the covert in season one is that they only went up one at a time there was never more than one of them out and about so nobody knew their true numbers and there's like this so like again that's why i like both perspectives i would love a twist with the armorer that makes like because that's what i that was why i wanted there to be an armorer twist is because i knew Mm. it would incite din to reevaluate his faith and that's what I that's what I want. I want that to be the route we go eventually. Um, but we've also gotten to a place where, given all we've seen the armorer go through in combatants with the Empire, it'd be kind of like, how? Why? It'd be a little bit of a character contrivance at this point. Which is why mm. I kind of like this idea that maybe she's doing this out of guilt and that mm. this will come out. And um, it'll be a crisis of faith because she's essentially like the high priestess of whatever this is. Um, because the as the story as we have now, I can't see anything less than that making Din question what he's doing. Right. He is really, I feel like he's just been really allowed to just retreat into himself this season. Um, and not, again, like I said, not have anything questioned of him or questioning anything that's going on with him. So I think it's going to have to be something that serious for me to really believe it. Yeah, right. Because, like, if if it was going to be as simple as, oh, I love my son. It would have happened I already. Could, it would have already happened, yeah. you know, and and he wouldn't have inducted him into the way without, you know, like, that's that's the thing is that, like, hmm. so I'm. I'm conflicted as as to the direction of the show in the future. You know, I think that. uh I think it has a lot of potential, but like, uh, we gotta, we gotta get back to making Din a character. You know, he was just kind of, he's just kind of there, which I don't have a problem with. You know, like, I like him being Bo's right hand man. I thought we made some leaps whenever he was like, I'm, I'm committed to you. I will mm. be by your side until your yeah. song is written. I was like, that's dope. Ooh, yes. What happened on that ship, that Mad Max looking boat, whatever. Good. That was a good day for the show. Very good day. But But then he says, he even says, I will be with you until your song is written. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then fucking leaves Mandalore. And I know Mandalore has been. (laughs) I know Mandalore. There's no scene where they even talk after that. Really? Saying that her song has already been written, that like he, that like her song was just taking back Mandalore. And now that it's taken, that like he's. Just that go. seems to be the or implication. It, I thought it was a euphemism for like until you're dead. You know, that's yeah, that's yeah. what your song means. In, yeah, in like a I guess maybe culture. he's on another mission from the armor. You know, the armor specifically said you have to take him on his journeys. Then that you know, is you, as your um, your mentor did for you. So I guess I don't know. Maybe I, I guess let's go. No hard and fast decisions were made. But I don't know. As I was watching seasons one and two, I had the thought. Um, 
and after watching the sequels as well, um, a really thing that that I, I liked about the sequels was the whole dyad uh, between Ray and Kylo, um, and how it was just the Force that kind of did that. At first, like Snoke said that he linked their minds, but then it surprised Palpatine that like, oh my God, you're a dyad. Like it surprised him whenever he was right in front of him. So like. I think, I don't know, he he linked their minds, but he didn't really know that they were a diet. It's kind of just a thing that happens. Mm. And the first time we see Force healing, was it Grogu or Rey? Was Grogu Rey. healing Grief Karga, or was it Rey? Because, like, I, I, it came out very fast. It came out, like, literally, the episode came out, like, either a week before the movie or a week after the movie. It came out two days before the movie. Exactly. And I feel wow. like, like, wouldn't it be amazing if there's another dyad in the Force right now, and it's Din and Grogu. And, like, we, I don't know, it's just, they have to be together. And, like, they're just, and Grogu, and, like, I don't know if Force healing is something that is just any Jedi can do because Ray is just like yeah it was easy I just gave some of my life force to it you would do it too it's like they, she kind of just seemed like it was second nature to her but to I don't know we've never seen it before and maybe that's why is that maybe it's not second nature just to any other Jedi but the fact that she's I don't know a dyad maybe that's that's something more special and maybe that's the story we can get into is that they're a you know a dyad of the force but what is what happens there whenever one lives to only be 90 to 100 and one lives to be a thousand you know mm -hmm. versus ray and kylo or yeah ray and kylo that are just the same species sort of thing um but i don't know that's going real deep into the weeds there you know i, I, that, I that that i don't know that's a very grand that's an even grander storyline that they they're they would have to go on, but uh... yeah, that's a, that's another theory that like uh, the whole Din maybe having some sort of force sensitivity thing. That's another one that I think already would have been touched on. You know, like yeah. if they if if they were to now incorporate that, it'd be kind of like, all right, so y'all got no idea what to do with this show then. Huh? Yeah, that's uh, yeah. No, I don't. I don't think it's force sensitivity. No, that like. I, I just if anything is done with Din, it's challenging his beliefs or he becomes the leader like i really want Bo to have all the revelations and her to be the leader herself and her to do everything but i think a lot of people recognize that her past is just very tricky and having someone on the throne like that can just be very dangerous for mandalore it just just outright it just even though everything is good right now in the future it just couldn't or possibly mm. it might not be so they see din um, you know, someone who has spoken with the Sand People, with the Jawas, with the Ugnots, with with every sort of people. Every, everyone he goes around with, he just he knows how to communicate with people. He doesn't want to be the leader, you know. He no, doesn't want to be the hero, but he happens to be, you know. And 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 he, I don't know. It just it's a trope that I really like. Um, it's kind of like an old Western trope, I guess, and that's what Star Wars is very heavily based on. Is just like the the old cowboy that comes into the town, you know, or whatever, and just passing through. But then they give him, you know, like, "Hey, we're in trouble. We need your help." He's like, "Oh, I don't need to help you. You know, I'm too big for for blah blah blah." But then he helps the town, and they give him a house on the outskirts, mm -hmm. and he live, you know. So and it's I don't know. It's sort of uh, how the season ended. It was very very cowboy, you know, esque. Um, Absolutely. And, and uh, so I really think there, that might be the, the story they go on with Din is that it's he's kind of being bred to be the leader and he's seen all of the faults um, of everyone. You know, I, I don't know. I think that maybe it might not be. 
I, I don't know. Maybe they realize that it's not just one person to lead anymore. Maybe they realize like it, it let's fuck it. Let's have Bo, Din and Grogu all lead, you know, all lead us. So it isn't just one person making that. I don't know. Like, I, I don't, maybe it is something like that. They do yeah. get married, you know, sort of thing. It is queen, king, uh, prince type shit. I don't know where yeah, the prince is technically older than both of the. What I do think is important about the end of this season is that it doesn't mean they'll be gone from Mandalore forever. You know, him taking him on his journeys and stuff. Mm. That's just to just to get him acquainted with the galaxy at large. And I don't think that'll take very long. Grogu's been all over the fucking place. You know, like this is it's something he's already largely familiar with. But I think Din is going to train him in the ways of Mandalore and like their their fighting styles and the way they do things. And then they'll return to Mandalore because there's an inevitability to Grogu's story where he will. He will be the ruler of Mandalore one day, right? Like, is that kind I of how? Mean, yeah, it's I'm, it, or the option will be there for him, whether yeah. he takes it or not. Like, I feel like that's where it's going, you know, eventually. and that'd be a ways down the line, you know, like yeah. that, that would be, that wouldn't be anytime soon. It would be generations it, from then. Yeah. It, yeah I don't be, know. I, I guess he's because Yoda started train. Everyone's focused on like just Yoda's age. And when he started doing things and Yoda, he had his first, uh, I think his first student at 90, I think. Um, or something like that at eight when he was 90 or about a hundred and Grogu, you know, he's 50, uh, at least at the beginning. And it's only been pff, what, like, I don't know. Everyone's obsessed with the two years of training with Luke, but I still think that's just a, in real life, two years. Yeah, that's not, still, that's not I don't know. Not... Like, I think of like the whole show. It's been probably two years, you know, Maybe. sort of thing. Cause like when I was watching season one, Grogu is small. Like, yeah. he was he's a small little, little itty-bitty thing, and his little waddle, like, he was walking way slower, and you were right, Colton, like, he was running next to Din, and, like, keeping up with him, like, in the oh, bar yeah. at the end there. That um, shit's so funny. Because yeah, he's he also, was... like, kind of, you can tell it's, like, really, really puppet work. But, <laughs> oh, like, yeah, totally. It, it doesn't work at all with Fidia, which, which but it's... I kind of, I love it for that oh, reason, you know? I love how practical yeah. Grogu is throughout the season, the way they just kind of, like, throw him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, Literally. Yeah. Ragdolled. Um, yeah, just, just, ah, out of, oh, Grogu's, I don't know. But, no, he's definitely grown. Like, I don't know, he's shown, and he's speaking way more. Like, there has been growth, like, for Grogu. And he, he isn't just a baby and just cooing or whatever. He's He has had growth. I genuinely think Grogu had a really good arc this season. Yeah, I do too. I think he did. I think he did a really good job. I, I am, I'm a little questioning of, uh, there's a lot of choices made in this show and a lot of choices in Star Wars at large, which is why I don't try to complain about it too much that are there to sell action figures. Mm -hmm. IG-12 existed so that <laughs> we could sell action figures, but yeah. it also teased a little bit of an autonomy for Grogu that they just mm -hmm. immediately took away. And I know that's because Din didn't like it you know he was like this isn't working for me not a fan you're a child you shouldn't have this mm -hmm. sort of power over me like and it makes sense from a parenting perspective but uh, there's also the fact that he is just a little guy who needs to get around and have a little more autonomy if he's going to be on missions with you where yeah 
you're in danger all the fucking time. <gasps> uh, Maybe Frog Lady taught him a lesson. Where Frog Lady got the droid and got the vocalizer and started speaking with him. It was like, mm-hmm. yeah, actually, this can't wait. You know, no, we gotta go. And maybe Grogu does that same thing. He's like, hey, I'm older than you. Listen to me. Like, give right. me a body. Let me I think move. The key around. with Frog Lady, yeah, though, is that she's actually speaking a language, I, whereas Grogu's that's true. That's true. Or, or maybe he does something, equi- you know, he doesn't have to speak, but there, it's Star Wars, dude. I don't know. You could, he could type, you know, or like, have, like I don't know, like some. You want the speech pathologist's perspective on that? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I feel like it can be done. Come on, I don't know. Um, it, it depends. If he had, I would love to know what his little thingy in IG looks like. Like how he even knows what button is yes, what button is no. <laughs> if it's like a red button uh, or screen button, like I don't think that he's reading at this point. He's well, he can understand. Very... I guess yeah. he understands people. He understands but people, but the, they like mm. I don't think you can read a button that says yes. I, I have okay. I have questions whether or not Din can even read, but that's a separate issue. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think if you uh. gave him something with like pictures or something on it, if you gave him some kind of technology, I think that he clearly was able to figure it out really easily. So yeah, I think he has a lot to express that he's for whatever reason not able to. I don't know. I think he's smarter than that. I mean, he's he like he separated. Uh, Paz and, and Axe Woes from their fight. You know, he's doing things that are that are a baby would not just do. He's, you know, he has critical thought. Grogu, yeah, he's Grogu is, he's 52 years old. That dude's been around. He was in the Jedi Temple. Like, they were, you know, like he was being trained by, by Jedi Masters. No way they don't just teach you not how, they teach you how to read at the Jedi Temple. They teach you know, how to read. But he was so little. He was too I, little. Okay. That's, true. that's the thing, is that like, you gotta, you, you gotta consider, true. I don't think his brain is aging at a different rate than his body is. Like, I think he, like, he does a lot of things. Like, whenever he pulls up to the, the person selling fruit on the side of the mm-hmm. street and Din has to pull him away and he's just like nom, 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 nom. he's like you okay. have to pay for that dude that and then he, is like, true. plays keep away and stuff like that's a child that's a childish thing yeah, to do I... um and so like that's that's the other thing is that like i think that grogu <laughs> while he it, that's the other thing i don't like the reason he seems so smart at times is because he has the force it's because mm. he can feel the way you feel he knows okay. he knows based off the way you feel how he should respond to things and that automatically gives him a little bit of intuition mm. but like uh i don't like uh i see there okay. is a degree to things where he he does he clearly understands uh meaning and the way things are are said and i'm curious if that is more he literally understands words or he's just really good at seeping off of you what you are tra- what you are putting out into the universe like how you are mm-hmm. feeling um because he's a he is a smart little guy he 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 definitely has he definitely has a little bit of a little bit of a brain on him hey, but he's, yeah he he dragged those guards away from Din and got him into the room all by you know with yeah. just him he that i don't know Okay, but I go. I, I'm going a little too far as saying like, yeah, he's just gonna be like, hey, Din, no, give me a body, yo, I'm older than you, you know, you you, you listen to me now, sort of. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going a little far uh, there. I, I, I can. But see. I think he could communicate that in some way. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah, I, or he I could just too. point, or you know, or make it doesn't have to be in full, you know, slam poetry mode. It could just be just like, hey. You know, look at look at IG. You know, he misses. Or maybe he looks at IG eleven. They go back visit Navarro, and he just you know kind of 
cries, and he's like, "Oh, I liked that." And then Din's like, "Oh, buddy, you want you want your body back? You really mm-hmm. fucking destroyed my day that day. That was really I really rough. didn't like that, bud." Yeah, I don't. But I think that's part of like the arc that Amanda needs to go on. I, I'm kind of mm-hmm. hoping that next season he's realizing like, "Oh, this this is not you know what this used to be when it was season one, and I was just taking him around everywhere." Like, who has agency mm-hmm. now? He has. Yeah he's able to do things. And I'm also, I really kind of need him to have more training with the force. Like I don't need him to be a Jedi, but like, I feel like we need to kind of address that again. Too. Ahsoka style. Like you do it in her, in his own, in his own way, in his own but even pace, like they in introduced Kellen Beck. Maybe Ooh. he's still alive. Uh, right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That, but that's I the feel- thing is that they, they introduced some people in, in that era. It's, it's pretty, well, it, the, the path does he, exist. Maybe he had the some path kind of... does exist, and Grogu, you know, it, Jedi were scattered all across the galaxy through that. So th- there is there is a possibility, you know, that people maybe someone that Kellen Beck trained because his whole it's, thing was like younglings, right? That so is maybe... very interesting. It is the way, you know, you, it, it, yeah. the thing that's etched in the wall uh, in the path is like you can only truly see, or something like once your eyes are closed, you can only truly see the way. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, it's... Maybe it's a. Uh, I'm still, whoa. I'm still holding out hope that Ahsoka brings Ezra Bridger back into the fold, who is mm. well acquainted with making attachments and working through them. Mm. He it can seems work. like that's mm. the way it's going, though, right? Like they casted the character. It's gonna be there, mm. like. Yeah, no, that's what's funny. It's like, even the way the actor is like tweeting about it. I know, uh, I'm like, okay, so you're like, in like a good amount like, of this I shit. was really excited to play this hologram of a character so many people love. And it's like, okay, buddy. <laughs> it's like, sure. all right, like we, you're verified. Like we know that you're, you're going to be in the show. Huh. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's kind of, I'm still like, we had this idea after shit. I don't know if it was after season one or after season two where there's there's a future for Din and Grogu with the Ghost Crew, like mm-hmm. existing. Like now that he's joined the New Republic in an unofficial sense, it automatically gives him a tie to Hera and Zeb and all of them. You know, Sabine and Ahsoka are out looking for Ezra. Once they all come back together, I don't think there's much reason to not believe that Ezra and Grogu could work together. You know, because I think there's there's also this looming New Jedi Order movie, which mm-hmm. is set 35 years mm-hmm. after this or 40 years after this, when Grogu would be about 90, like mm-hmm. like uh, Joe was saying about uh, Yoda becoming a little bit, becoming a master and stuff. His first student is Din? No, I'm sorry. No, I, I know, 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 I know. He'd be way old at that point. I know, anyway. Maybe Din's kids. Okay, I totally took you off your your train of thought there. No, you're completely okay. You're completely okay. But that's 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 like kind of what I'm anticipating is that by the time the new Jedi Order comes around, it's not like Grogu's not going to be a part of that because that's what they've literally built in with this character is a character who can live one thousand years, and we are getting in the mix fifty years into that lifespan. You know, like that's that's purposeful. They plan Mm. on telling stories with him throughout his fucking life. Um. So by that time, he has to be a little bit more acquainted with the force. He's not going to be a 90 year old still getting trained and stuff. I don't think like, I mean, unless, unless of course he is, you know, I don't know Um, that, that, that is a possibility always, but I've always just kind of imagined that come the new Jedi order movie with Ray and stuff, since it's been announced that Grogu would kind of be um, kind of what Ahsoka was to Luke's temple, you know, just kind of mm. there helping as much as he can. 
Um, at shit, mm. if, if not though, I would love to see Ray and Finn training Grogu. Wouldn't that be kick-ass? Oh, like, dude. Yeah, who? Uh, I guess we'll get to see. I mean, they'll have to address it, you know, eventually. If I mean, because there's no way they kill the kid. There's just that, like, there's no, no. way. Grogu well, and that's is the other, like That's the other thing, though, is that with the idea of the character arc I have in my mind for Grogu, him becoming the ruler of Mandalore, that doesn't fit in with the, with the new Jedi mm. Order. What it would mean is that there's some sort of alliance like oh, with yeah. Mandalore and the new yeah. Jedi Order. Like mm. they're down with each other. They're cool. They have a place. Like that's just kind of how I've always thought of it. But And if we're thinking mm. about families too, maybe Din has kids. Maybe they're the ruler of Mandalore and then Grogu is, you the know, a ally. Clan. Clan it's Din. The clan of <laughs> Din. Oh my god. I, I can't believe Din's his last name. I'm really I know. It's so it's so <laughs> hard to get used to. to fuck with us. Yeah. It was not, I guarantee you, it was not always his last name. No, John Favreau was like, I'm sick of these fan fictions. We're doing something. Yeah, right. I was, Dude. wow. Yeah, no, because I guarantee minute. you, Din was idealized as his first name forever. And then and whenever they, they decided that. Grogu was going to be adopted, they're like, Grogu Jaren, though? Doesn't sound good, yeah. Din, Din Grogu sounds good. But... Din Grogu sounds so good. So the, the ship names, Denbo... Doesn't even that's that doesn't even work. It's not Denbo. It's it's Jarbo. Bojarin. Bo. Yeah, I always said to... Bojarin was better. I always thought that was a better ship name. Can we talk mm. about that too? How do you all feel about that? The ship. The ship? Yeah, the ship. It'll come back. Around. I want it. It'll come back around. They're 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 laying the seeds for sure. And Grogu getting closer and closer to Bo. You know, like there there was a, a tweet that that had the screenshots perfectly. Um, but I like it was. Yes. Eventually, Grogu was comfortable enough to sit in Bo's lap um, in the – what's the ship name? Frick. Uh, her ship. Yeah, I The Gauntlet? Yeah, the Gauntlet. gauntlet. That's Maybe that's just the general name for that kind of ship. But, uh, you know, he was back off at first, and then he got up a little closer, and then he's, like, sitting – and eventually comfortable enough to sit in her lap. And, and uh, Bo-Katan is one, one character to actually say, like, your kid, you know, or, like, your father – uh, like when talking directly you think your to your dad him. was the only Mandalorian. Yeah, so I mean, it's I think I think they're warming us up to that idea, um, possibly. Um, but I don't know. It'll it'll ha- if it does happen, the helmet will have to come off. That's you know, yeah. like that. That's unless unless the helmet stays on. I don't know. You know, well, so, that's the other thing. Like you know, dur- I I would hope that Din takes the helmet off. You know, and I think that that would happen. And I was almost kind of grateful that the helmet didn't come off this season because i feel like it would have then led to a kiss that i don't think would have been mm. earned at this point right yeah it's like it, really, it wasn't gonna happen this season and i don't think they ever led us that way that way you know like i don't like it felt like i feel like they don't always build up romance the, the best way i feel like they could have that's true that's fair um they could have they could have pulled that off, but you know I uh there's there's multiple perspectives on how a potential marriage alliance could come about with Bo and Den. I don't think it would be, um, romantic. Um, mm. I think it would be dutiful. You know, I think there's a perspective that Bo recognizes that Grogu lives mm-hmm. forever and is like. Ah, uh, really it's just the next cool. down the line. Yeah, he's like, she's he's like, literally the prince. He's ah. li- he would literally be the prince. It would give us a sound ruler for thousands of years, the same ruler who could herald a new age of Mandalore. There's also the perspective that if there does come about a, an issue between the children of the Watch and these people again, marrying 
two people from those clans Mm -hmm. automatically kind of helps unite them. So like there's, there's multiple, there's multiple perspectives to be taken on why a marriage, a dutiful marriage could work. And I do think that would inevitably evolve into something more romantic, but I do think that if it was to start, it'd be kind of like, uh, like the excuse would be, Oh, well it's dutiful, you know? Oh my God. I don't know. I don't know because the first interaction they have, she takes off her helmet. Den's like, you're no Mandalorian. Thanks for saving the kid, but see you later. He literally flies off, doesn't give her another second, and then she has to come back in to save him again to actually have to, like, talk talk with him. So, like, Den, did, Den wanted nothing to do with Bo at the start. Like, absolutely yeah. zero. But then he's, like, he's gotten to a point this season already where he's, like, I will follow you until your song is written. Like, I, I think – and he's – he he was told that like Bo-Katan, you know, they've been told the stories of Bo-Katan and how she was wrong and don't follow the ideas of Bo because you know our beliefs are right and everything. So like his idea of Bo was always bad, bad, bad. But then he meets her and actually sees what she's doing and he's like, okay, you're nice with it as well. You you absolutely beat the crap out of everyone you go up against. I'll stand by you. Yeah, here's my dark saber. Oh, it's broken. I still don't care. Whatever. Like I, I think I think Den's a man. You know, he's not a man of many words, but I I could see that there is something actually. You know, there. He, the whole idea has been like, man, wouldn't it be nice if I could finally just settle down and start a family? Like that, I've that, always that, that for him. That like so, it, since season one, that's that like that's that's been the whole thing. And like with the kid, like you know that 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 would be so nice. And and then he's like, what? And then he says, wouldn't it be nice that we could live in the sun and have our kids, you know, have our kids play in the sunshine instead of down in the darkness or whatever? So like it evolved from him wanting to settle down and just have a life to let's let's build towards a thing that our kids can settle down and play with so like he his mind's kind of on family i don't know he he's his mind's on settling down and the only reason he's still having to go is because the armor is like yep you're on this mission you got to do it and you got to be redeemed and then now it's like yep you got to take roku on his on his apprentice missions uh you got to do that you know but i think if den was really given the choice he would settle down right now if he could he wants to be a stay-at-home dad really bad Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I would like. I think I, I was getting on board with Din and Bo-Katan as early as I could because I was like, if this is the road we're going down, like I'm going to mm. get on the ship. Like I just want to see some kind of romance. But um, I would like them to, you know, build it up a little bit. I think that we have such a good um, setup here for like that kind of slow burn. Like you can't see his face, so you got to get to know who he is and all this mm. stuff. I think since the first season, like, this is just so perfect, the setup, and I don't know, I feel like they're not capitalizing on it in the way that they should. Well, and they've already shown that Din is capable of a really, really actual quick escalating romance in season one, episode four, whenever he basically, like, they basically fall in love there, but he's got duty to to tend to. Uh, So, like, he's... They've shown that they can do that. They can pull off a convincing love story quickly. Everyone who meets him is like in love with him. Like everyone. How how are you not? How are you not? Like come on. Just I mean, yeah. And he's Pedro Pascal under there too. Oh my god, he is hot! Like wow. Yeah, he's hot. 
He's got he's got the he's the single dad angle. Single he's got going dad, as well. He's uh-huh. that armor. He's he, and, yeah, that's everyone. the thing. Yeah, you you're, you're saying that it's it's you know for duty or for whatever, but like the real okay. link between them is Grogu. They're both like th- she's just gonna want to be with Grogu and play with him, and then they're just gonna play together, and then Grogu will leave the he'll 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 get you know he'll get it. He'll be like okay my time to go, you know, I gotta leave the room, and I don't know, like, I think that, not, okay, not like that, necessarily, but I think, like, that's the link between them, if there's any romance that starts, it's like, oh, I see, I see my kid likes her as well, and that is attractive to him, you know, it's like, my kid is safe with her, um, well, she does lose him at some point in the middle of the finale, just not realize that he's not there. yeah, that's mm. pretty funny. It's a pretty funny. Always point. funny. No, I wanted to look I, back like, oh shit, he's gone. Sorry. No, yeah, and I don't I don't want to make it sound like what I'm saying is the only way it happens is dutifully. I'm saying mm. that could be a good launching off point and yeah. excuse they use to justify it to themselves before acknowledging it within Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So okay, okay, okay. So it's it's building right now, but they both yeah. don't want to admit it. Well and there's then this it's other like, thing, like he can't because what is he supposed to do if he's not taking his helmet off? You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's the thing is that like I think that a a a dude a, an idea of a dutiful relationship to branch uh to branch mm-hmm. the clans together to set up a new man uh new leader of Mandalore, a long reigning leader of Mandalore, <laughs> they could yeah. decide that's that they true. need to do something like this and then you know, there's this there's this quote in Game of Thrones, Joe, but from Catelyn Stark where it's like it's not as it's not as passionate, but it's stronger this kind of arranged mm-hmm. marriage sort of thing. But I do think that it would evolve into a place of just, just like true love. Like, I don't think it would. That's the thing. Yeah. In, in this case, it's, it is out of duty, but also they also kind of like each other already. You know, it's right. not, it's not out there that like, Oh, it's only out of duty. It's not like forced where their parents right, are right. making them do. It and they're like, Oh no, I don't want to do this. No, it's, They would both, they, they both be down it's, for it's it. It's like a consensual place. duty. Like out of duty, almost. You know, it's like it's like they're making the choice out of duty because they don't want to admit that it's out of love as well. And then it's like, oh no, I, I could, I, I definitely, I think that would play well for story a lot better if if it is out of duty that they, you know, that's well, why I, it springs into action. But then, frankly, you know, there's there's they can pull it off where it's another it's another thing too. But like they've set like at the end of season three, I I have very little hope for that. Um. Uh, unless they unless they return to <laughs> to Mandalore, what if Axe Woe starts hitting on Bo and Din is like? Honestly, no. I kind of ship them more. I feel like he's better for her in terms Axe? of who. Yes, because Whoa. I think I get, uh, he's her hype man right now. That's for sure. Listens. But oh, well, Din hyped Bo up enough to actually retake Mandalore, though. Well, and so Axe is the hype man in the moment. But. My thing with them is that I think that. Oh, and Din are very similar in their, like, you know, they're, they're a little bit kind of prim and they're very duty bound and they're, mm. you know, very single minded. I think that I would like to see both of them with someone who's a little bit different. Like, I think that Axe is very mm. charismatic, and very bold and very assertive. And I think that he would tease Bo and I think he would bring, okay. he would flirt with her. Like, they're not, Din and Bo are not flirting at all. Like, Maybe they don't know I'm not out there then because there was some imagery that was used in the earlier seasons where it was really pairing Bo and Axe together. And I think that I, um, it feels like they broke Asuka. up. It, it was pairing Casca and Din together. Yes. Which Yo, was, Bo, imagine that's the start. They Bo and, and, and Axe do have big X 
ex. No, energy. when she's going to see him oh, in episode six, they're is exes. Like, she is so stressed. She's like, I have to go talk to Axe. and and like the way they're fighting in that season, I was like, there's oh, they're exes. There's I like that. I that's even so. better. Oh, I that's even so. better. Okay. I kind of like them together. I think Casca might be that. something in there too. I feel like I don't know. Casca has some. Wait, is that her last name? I feel like that's her last name. Cosca Reeves. Oh, okay, so it is her first name. Okay. Yeah, Cosca Reeves. I feel like I don't know. There's she was she she might be the relationship with Bo, actually. Um because actually, at the at the last like or at the like dinner that they were all having when Bo was bringing it up and being like what what she had to do to save her people, Cosca was the one who was about to step up. Bo was like, no, don't worry, I got this. But, like, Costco was about to come up and start defending her and be like, no, but, like, you, you, you were forced to, you know, like, I don't know. I, I, I'm really wondering what she would have said in that moment if she was allowed to speak. Um, I'm still holding out hope for Din Cobb. Din I mean, yeah, we all are. Cobb? But again, that's, a, that's a character. Oh, Cobb. Older, and more yeah. Oh, dude. And okay. Both. Okay. I, I think I'm just thinking that they need people who are different than mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Like, frankly, I I don't think there's been a I don't think there's been a better romantic match presented for Din no. since season one, episode four. Like that that woman is uh, is the ideal like settling I mean, down. I don't know about life. that. I guess once I Gideon guess. is gone, who? maybe he goes back. That maybe that's where he settles down for good. I would hate like that. maybe. I don't know. Maybe like at the end end because there ha- there has to be a moment where like right now Grogu is his apprentice and every master has the moment where they have to let their apprentice go. And it's it's a moment that is, you know, every every master seems that like how how did you do this, you know, and Yoda's always able, well, did you think it was easy for me? You know, it's always a difficult decision, you know, moment for the master and the apprentice. And like mm-hmm. that moment will have to happen, but we'll also have the moment of like, Grogu will have to have, I don't know, they'll have to have the conversation of, like, I will live on way longer than you, and I will see you die, you know? Like, what do you want to do, you know? Like, do you want to just be with me until you die? Do you want to, like, I don't know, they'll have to sort of have that conversation, you know? Like, and see, like, like, they will one day, but that's not that's not anytime soon because of Grogu's... Uh, he's an apprentice right now, which is very yeah. nice. Yeah, we're in the early stages, so we don't have to worry about that stuff, but that is... That is an eventual thing. Like, without a doubt, unless Grogu dies and Din dies at the same time, you know, or they die together, and like, I, I don't, I, I don't think Grogu dies. Din no. is definitely going to die before Grogu. Um, and yeah. but I don't know. We're, we're, I guess we are a ways away from that. But um, okay, I, I, I did want to get okay. Now that Casca and Axe are on the table, it's not actually that far out there. I wanna I wanted to throw out a theory that maybe it was Din getting with Casca and then Bo getting with Axe at first. Um just like post, you know, we just took back Mandalore, happy times, you know, I don't know. Party let's um, fuck. And then the jealousy starts from you know, it's jealousy. They're like, I don't know, like if I actually I don't like you being with Axe and then and then Bo's like, I don't like you being with Casca and then and then uh, they just yeah, do the classic switcheroo, you know, and then they're like, Ah, now Axe and and Casca are together and then Bo and well. dinner together, you know. I mean, uh, yeah, and it's good. But No, I, I think that whatever it is, I want it to be more than he just goes off to the planet that he was on in season one. Like I don't want it to be a prize that he gets at the mm, end. I would like to right. see a build up and That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's, I think that it would, I think that that is kind of where his character is going. If we want to see more of who he is, like we need someone to bring that out of him. And what better to do that than a romance? No, right. And I think that, don't get me wrong, I think that what you're speaking to is something that would be better executed. What I think these writers are capable of. Is uh, yeah, true. no, I absolutely agree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, that yeah. is another conversation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like that, that's the thing is that like, I think, I think if they wanted to handle it correctly, they do it the way you're posing. I think that if they do it mm. the way they've done everything else, they go ahead and just go, he'll just return and they'll run into each other's arms and that'll be the end of the story. And, uh, yeah. that'll, yeah. And uh, I, and we'll all be annoyed. Yes. But hopefully, yeah, yeah, 100%. A love something. Give us a love. Star Wars and live action Star Wars in so long. I know. Not a like, really good so many, there's so there's so many people who are like, not everything needs to be romance, and it's like, but some no things romance. can be. Yeah. Like, also, I some. disagree. Yes, yeah. everything does need to be romance. Hundred percent. I feel like that's a crucial part of stories. Like, yeah, why are we telling Andor? Andor, why do why was that so good? Is because all the you know, it's not all it's not pure rope, you know romance in the way that people think about it as like boyfriend girlfriend but like romance is like the family connection or like the the even like brasso and marva like it's not romance but that's still like a love it's a love connection that they had that strengthened that show you know um it's it's not you know romance in the way that you would think about it but well not to not to mention that when it came to andor there's just gobs of sexual tension between so many different characters <laughs> i mean everyone in that show is hot so. yeah true. cassian cassian and bix are just like drooling all over yeah, each other we get the closest thing we've ever gotten to an actual sex scene with yeah. bix and tim mm. you know uh vel and cinta like they're yeah, they're true. hot and heavy for each other Damn. yeah yeah, like there's well, yeah, just... we need we need some more love in the Mandalorian. We absolutely do. Um, um, and I like when you think about it over the six seasons of live action Star Wars. I think the only on screen kiss is Tim and Bix, which is gross when you think about that. Right. <sighs> no. Yeah, because no one kisses in Aunt Mando, no one kisses in Bo- Boba Fett, and no one kisses in Obi Wan. Yeah. Oh, no. the only on screen kiss is Tim. We and really Bix. need some more love That's in Star I Wars, think. huh? Yeah, that's not that's not even that's if not they a just want to do like a Keldabi kiss, bro. Like the the fucking helmets, like pushing yeah, their foreheads I, together. Yeah, or a little Eskimo, yeah, a little something, a hug, anything. It's Fuck, something. I don't know. Oh, give me a kiss. Hold hands. You, even, you, you know, they haven't even gotten to first base yet. Like it, I don't know. It, like they need to get get moving. I mean, uh, it's you're right. Really over nothing. Like there's no no anything. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe now we got Mandalore. You know, things will start settling down, I guess, a little bit. Maybe they're just they're they're making Bo the next Satine. And maybe that's why they're not mentioning her yet. Is that like now Mandalore will be peaceful and the plants will start to regrow and it'll be a time of peace and then uh, I don't, maybe maybe Bo's the replacement for Satine in live action. I really hope that's not what they're doing and they're I hope that they just take the animated story as, you know, canon as it is and they just, you know, don't try to replace it but it kind of seems that Bo is following a very similar story arc and the dark saber being gone is very convenient for that as well and like now that gideon is gone i don't know it, it feels like it's just a, a brand new slate um and mandalore is now we got all the backstory and all the factions and all everything that you need to understand mandalore and now now let's get to it and sort of thing but i, I, I hope not if they, if they yeah. erased you know because what i 
I don't know if I always love the handling of the female characters in mm. really anything, but particularly no, sometimes Star Wars. Um, I feel like a lot of the time they're all the same. I think the, what makes them different is the great performances that the actresses give, um, especially in Mando. Like, I do love the amount of female characters that we have, but especially in season two, when we have, like, all four of the girls together, I feel like you could replace anyone's <laughs> line with anyone else's line, and it would make sense, because they're all kind of great. Yeah. Talk about I someone love who that is... Teen is different. She's she has a different mm-hmm. perspective and she brings something different. So if we're just gonna and Padme too is very different. Like she has that diplomatic mindset, and I feel like we're kind of erasing the storylines of more nuanced. Not that there are not nuanced female characters mm-hmm. that we have, but the fact that we can have different kinds of female characters and different mm-hmm. things that female characters want. I feel like that's all kind of getting mm-hmm. moved out, and I, I yeah. would be disappointed if they did that. I'm with you 100%. This is a critique we've had for Fennec Shand, the way that character has been treated. Yeah. There could be so much more to explore Absolutely. with uh, Ming Nas, that actress. She's incredible she, and yeah. she's extremely one dimensional. I want them so badly to recast Cara Dune because there's a lot of yes. potentiality yeah. for that character yes. as well. Yes. You Sasha know? And, Banks in this show, Cosca Reeves, is yeah. an actual, like, she, she's a professional wrestler. Like, she knows how to perform very well, like, and do action. And then she, she got, like, I don't know, like the fight scene that we got between uh, Axe and Bo, like Costco barely got to do anything this season. She's just back there to look tough. Like, you know, like, and she came up for one line. And it's just like really sad that they have like so much talent, like, and they just, it doesn't seem that they're just utilizing it well at all. And it's just, Um, but it's all like the same sort of character. Every female mm. character is very badass. Every female character is really good at fighting. Every female Mm. character is very like closed off emotionally. Like we don't have Mm -hmm. any diversity of of character traits. We don't have any female characters who are like Padme and Satine, who are very diplomatic. Mon Mothma might be the only like Mon Mothma. Yes, that might be. Nix, I think, too has has more of like. And Andor is kind of exempt from yeah, this. That yeah, that, that might be. Yeah, yeah that, that might be it. <laughs> um, but yeah, we don't have anyone who yeah, everywhere else is not, not good. Yeah, not I, I just and I think I would like thinking back to the romance. I think I would like to see Mando with someone who is very different from who he is. And I think mm. every female character that we have so far is too similar to who he is. Right. Okay. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. He was. So the point of this episode initially was to rank the three seasons of the Mandalorian. Do we have, do we have rankings ready? Everybody. I do just Mando. Just, just we're just just doing Mando. I have, I I have a larger Disney plus seasons Mm. thing too, but I think we should just do Mando for now. We can, we can discuss the, the grander, the grander thing at a later date. But uh, as far as the Mandalorian is concerned, I want to hear uh, your guys' ranking, and I think we'll start with Claire since she's our guest today. Thank you so much. Okay, so are we doing worst to best or best to worst? Always worst to best for me. Okay, that's what I figured. Um, and when I say worst, I just mean, you know, what I enjoyed personally the least. Yeah, um, yeah. So what I enjoyed personally the least was season three, and it's not close. Um, for all the reasons that we said. Uh, I, I'm excited to see where the story goes from here, but this just wasn't quite the show that I love the most. And I think that we've gone through that enough. Um, my second, this was hard because before the season, I never really would have even considered ranking the seasons because I think right. the way the story goes is so like, it just builds very nicely. Yeah. Um, but my second in second place is going to be season one. 
love season one. Season one she altered our, all of our brain chemistries. Um, truly a cultural reset for a lot of people. Um, great, great storylines. Great, you know, character of the week, mission of the week kind of thing. Leading up to a very interesting conclusion. I think that the reason that I put it in second is just because it is the introduction and we're starting to get storylines that I think have a big payoff later on. Um, and I love the finale of season one, but I do think it kind of comes out of nowhere with Moff Gideon. Like we've said before, I think Moff Gideon in general could just be utilized better. Um, so love season one, going to put that in second place. And first place, I'm going to say season two, because I just think that I was so nervous to watch season two when it was coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, because every week I was like, how is this going to be? as good as what I'm hoping it was. And every week it was as good as I was hoping it was. And the storyline altogether is um, the way that it builds on what came before it, the way that uh, it builds on the characters that we have, the way that it leads to what, I mean, I think the season two finale is just insane that it even exists. Not even just like having Luke Skywalker there, but then that moment when Mando takes off his helmet. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. even more shocking than Luke showing up. And it's just, it feels very pitch perfect. And the way that it builds and the way that it, it tells its story is so complete. And I just, I love season two so much. Mm-hmm. So that is my ranking. I love it. I love it. I actually have the exact same ranking. Uh, I wasn't sure. I was like, I'm not sure how we're going to go with wow. one and two. No, yeah, yeah that, I have the same ranking just because, uh, you know, season three, while I do end up reflecting on it very positively, you know, I do in retrospect, I do think it is a it's a pretty well done season as far as Bo-Katan's arc is concerned. Um, but beyond that, I don't think they did a lot of heavy lifting in any regard. Um, I think the first two seasons, while they were easier to write, it did lend them to being more well written. Um because because they were easier to write um i think that uh the stakes in season one and two are higher season one grogu's got a bounty on his head and the entire time you're you're looking out you you want din to protect him with his life you know it's you in the back of your head throughout that season you're going they're probably not going to kill the baby but we also haven't had enough time with the baby to know if it's if that's the case you know like uh so and then season two, you know, we even have the looming stakes of Moff Gideon being alive after the end of season mm-hmm. one and the Empire still wanting to get Grogu and him having to protect him all the while trying to return him to the Jedi. So, like, those just had, like, really clear directions, really concise storytelling, visually brilliant beginning to end. Um, That's one weakness mm-hmm. of season three that, like, there's just a yeah. drop in quality where season one to season two elevated. Season two is visually fucking stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, Season two to season three is is an even bigger drop than the elevation between season yeah. one and season two. So, like, uh, there, you know, I, I, I used to think, and I'm still mostly of this mindset, that writing is the most important part of a television or movie production but it's also a visual medium. I need mm-hmm. to like what I'm looking at or mm-hmm. else it, it can be hard to get through, you know? Uh, and I think that at points this season, it was pretty dull. It was pretty boring to look at. It had its moments like, like the story did. It had its moments. And that's kind of the overall consensus for season three for me is that it had its moments, but it, it wasn't as strong as previous seasons have been. So like I, I ended up coming down the exact same two, one, three as my ranking. Hmm. And uh, I'm comfortable with that. 
Okay. Well, I guess I do have three at the bottom, um, but I do have the top two switched. I do have season one at my top, um, actually, and season two in second place. So I just have one, two, three um, in my one, two, three. Um, and I do think there there is that gap between seasons one and two. Like, I, I do reflect a lot more positively on this season than I did when I first came off of it, season three. Um, but it is still noticeably below seasons one and two. And I think that's that's just because of, of what they tried to do. They tried to do too much in a single season of television. And it's there's kind of like a, a theory that you any any if you try to combine two things, one, you know, you can't have both can't get better, really, if right. you combine two things. One will have to suffer or likely both will suffer. Um, you know, to have something more grand. Um, and I, I think that's just kind of what happened here is is whether, you know, Rangers of the New Republic really put a wrench in, in, in things and they had to change a whole bunch of stuff or maybe it is a Filoni and Favreau dispute. I don't know. I don't know what it is going on up there, but, but something is, is clearly going on where not everyone's on the same page. Um, and I, I, maybe they're, they're going for the long game now, you know, and it's, it's a lot. The story is obviously way more grand, um, but that's, uh, I guess, seasons one and two are still above season three for that reason. It's just when the story is simple, it's not that the story is, is better because it's simple. It's just, it's way, I have emotional weight on seasons one and two. I I don't know. I, I actually, there are stakes. I, I do, I, I'm... I don't know, I'm more invested in the show and in the characters themselves in seasons one and two. But in season three, I'm invested in what does this mean for the sequels? What does this mean for Snoke? What does this mean for Grogu? Not in the now. I'm not in the now of the show, and I think that's where it falls, is that we don't have time to sit down with the characters. And I, I, like, I keep coming back to it, but I really think that that's like just what it comes down to. But when we got to sit down with them at that sup, like the dinner they all had on the boat, whenever Din and Bo were just in the shuttle and on Plazir 15, just talking to each other, like whenever it is just slow, you get in the minds of the characters and you get these amazing moments that aren't flashy and that it isn't a fight, but it's just Din telling Bo, I will follow you until you die. Like that is moments that you need in a show, not. Gideon going up in a blaze or the Darksaber being destroyed. I understand these things need to happen for the plans that they, they want to carry out and the plans of Star Wars, but in order to have a television show be good week to week, you know, like they're releasing this week to week as well. And that's just, uh, I don't know. I think it's it's more of a money grab, it felt, this season than the show that they were really wanting to make in seasons one and two. And it's... It's because season one, they had to. It was the first live-action Star Wars show. They had to make it good. It couldn't be a, a cash grab. Like, it, it had to be visually good. It had to be story. Like, everything had to be good. Um, but now they realize, like, people are going to be in and watch it no matter what, and we can get so much more merchandising with Grogu. I don't know. Like, it seems that money's on their mind a little too much right now. Um, but I I don't know. I, I, it's still a good season, though. Still, like, still fantastic and I, I loved it um and i, I don't know I, i'll never hate this season um is the thing i'll never like watch these episodes and be like oh like this is just so bad and i hate star wars and everything about it and like no it's yeah. it's not gonna happen 
No, I but... still had a great fucking time, even if oh, there was a drop-off in quality. I'm still going to miss them so much. <laughs> exactly. I know. Yeah, and like, uh, we, like, yeah, a lot of people are saying we're right back to where we started, but like, I don't know. It's I, not I, the same. Yeah, no, it, it, I don't know. Now we have Mandalore. The, Gideon is hopefully gone for good. And I, this mustache thing, like, I mean, I know I, 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 I generally go on details like that, but like, that's just fuck, that's ridiculous. Like, oh my God. Like, I, I understand they showed him that his clones didn't have facial hair, but like the dude can shave his face. Yeah, like, that's not, like, that's what not the, a leap. I love, there was a tweet that was like, um, grief Karga, uh, facial hair change from season one to three officially confirmed that grief Karga is a clone as well. And it's like, yeah. yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's kind of where we're getting to at this point. But uh, I don't know if they do bring Gideon back. Ah, I do think they're they're a little I don't know something something bad's going on. Um, if they if they do bring Gideon back, it has it, if they do, it has to be that he's been pulling the strings the whole time, and that it's going to change how you look at seasons one, two, and three. Like that's the only way they can bring him back now. If if it's not that, then like. Keep him dead, please. Like, I, I don't know. Like, just... Um... No, I'm with you. I'm with you, 100%. I think that, you know, I... Like I said, I was 2-1-3. She was 2-1-3. You were 1-2-3. There's kind of a consensus on this season. And I think that's... You know, I've seen a lot of people I really, really... Uh, I tend to agree with on a lot of things on Twitter. And I... Uh, whose takes I really, really enjoy who have this as like their favorite season of the Mandalorian, like this connected with them on a level that uh, previous seasons hadn't. And I can, I can respect that, you know, like it's uh, I'm glad, I'm glad this hit for a lot of people. Um, I just, just didn't do, just didn't do what previous seasons had done for me on a personal note. You know, I think that uh, I just think there was a lot to, a lot left to be desired. And Mm. I think that, while I'm really happy with the end of this season, like I think seven and eight were an incredible cap to us in a somewhat all right season. Uh, seven and eight did a fantastic job. I loved the mm-hmm. finale. You know, I loved the way I, I, I know a lot of people feel like, okay, the story's just, the story's just getting started. I would be perfectly fucking okay. If they never touched this shit again, mm. if they just left it. If they were like, Din and Grogu live out their days on Navarro and Bo's ruling Mandalore and that's that. I'd be like, fuck it. Yeah, all right. Thank God you can't do anything bad anymore. <laughs> uh, it's just that Grogu's Grogu, though. If it yeah. was just, like, if it, it, if was it wasn't then, someone who lived to be a thousand. Yeah, like, it, it, if it was just some, I don't know. That's that's the only thing is that we know they're not just going to live out their days and, and, and do nothing. You know, it's... They're obviously the focal point of where Star Wars is going for the next thousand years, or Grogu, hopefully, you know, will be the centerpiece well, that's, that's of this the for thing, a long time. Is that in the grand scope um, of things, you know, by the new Jedi Order shit, Din could be dead. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I feel like if it was Din just Din going is. off with someone, like, we would never see that man again. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. That's so, the thing. We will 100%, and I will eat it up, I will love it, I will watch it. Yeah. Um, But, like, that, yeah, like I said, I'd be perfectly okay if we didn't. Hmm. That's... uh. Like I, I know they will. I'm fully prepared for that. It's just, uh, I would be perfectly comfortable if they decided they didn't want to. Um, Have they already confirmed they season four though? Yeah, season four will begin yeah. filming. Like five and six, like they've just said, like they would like to have it go on for like six, seven seasons, right? But that wasn't ever yeah. confirmed. Like I think no, I it I, it was never set in stone. But there's no fucking way they stop this one. Uh, the yeah. 
like we said, it's it's about merchandising. People love Grogu. Mm-hmm. We will continue to eat up action figures of the little guy. I know I will. Um, mm-hmm. The Mandalorian armor was designed to sell toys initially with Boba Fett. And it's doing yeah. its fucking job. Every yeah. time we get a new Mandalorian, I'm like, that's super fucking cool. I love that. When can I get it? Yeah. Three seven, three point seven five inches tall, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, man. And I don't know. I'm really is Jedi is Fallen Order out yet? The ne- number two, the next one. Nope. It's still, it's, still, uh, man, I really just day. need to know what happens in that story so bad, uh, just to know if like they delayed the story, you know, just the release right, for right. for this for story reasons, or if it's just I don't know game reasons or whatever. Because who knows? Maybe Cal's the one who started the path. Is that timeline even line up at all? Um, um, uh, he would have been a bit young at the end of yeah, Order sixty six. Um, or maybe he was through the path. Maybe he was. Maybe he got he, ushered through the path. Yeah. Ushered through the path and then took it yeah. on himself afterwards or something to carry it That'd on. Be cool. Because I mean, he had a holocron. You know, he knew where all the jet. Well, he destroyed it actually, didn't he? Yeah, he sliced it yeah. in fucking half. Yeah. Um, I destroyed that thing. But anyway, uh, I don't know. But I, I guess when. You said like you were fine with this story ending and being complete. I think I'm fully there too. It's just my brain is so much more in like the the theory and the plotting and like what they're planning to do. Um, but no, I, I think I, I fully like if they didn't touch it anymore, it would be it's a a, a happy ending. It, it's like a perfect. How could you want anything more? We got Mandalore back. Bo's the leader. The, don't even need the dark saber anymore. You got Din and Grogu living out their days. You know, Grogu's got his little pond of frogs that he'll probably just keep breeding and then forcing them up to practice the force, but then also eating them, you know, because he likes to eat those frogs. So, like, I bet off screen he just ate that frog right afterwards. We didn't see it. But I don't know. Like, they got a good little system out there going. Um, I just don't think that in the Star you know, <laughs> Palpatine is still around, um, and he's not dead yet. Um, and... I think, you know, they, that their main goal was like, oh, well, once Gideon's gone, uh, we won't, no one's going to be tracking Grogu and we'll be fine. But now that Gideon's gone, I think Den's like, okay, now we're finally good. We're, we'll be able to settle down. But then he's going to realize the Empire is still around, you know, and, and that is the real problem. And that is what can't be around. And he will never be safe until the Empire is gone. And that's what the story well, and I think that's turns into. what the kind of conclusion we come to at the end of Season mm-hmm. 3 is like, mm-hmm. I don't want to go on many missions, but the missions I do go on, I, I would like them to be yeah. targets of the New Republic and, and Imperial remnants. That'd be ideal. Um, and who yeah, can't man, get I don't behind know. that? I, you know, who can't get behind going to kill oh, yeah, every yeah. Imperial remnant that there is in the galaxy? Every, I, every I last that. little imp, you know, I can get, I can get with that. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, I look forward to the future of the show, even if this one wasn't the strongest season. I think that, uh, mm-hmm. I think that we, I think Star Wars has proven itself to be capable of some really incredible storytelling. Um, yeah, I saw a tweet the other day that was like, uh, just because writing doesn't work for you doesn't mean it's necessarily bad writing. And it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a general, it's a general statement I can get behind, but mm-hmm. I don't think that changes the fact that, you know, John Favreau needs someone else in the writer's room. Um, yeah. I love yeah. I love that the story has a singular vision. Someone has an idea for it and they execute it. But it could be better. Um, yeah. yeah. It could be better. Um, I agree. I do agree. I don't yeah, know. Do Hopefully, to... maybe they, they, they'll hear all of this, you know, and I think they have their ideas for season four, but they still got to make it. And I think after mm-hmm. hearing all of this stuff, they'll... They'll uh, 
I don't, I don't know. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what what they'll come back with, or if Ahsoka just changes the game complete. I don't know. Maybe right. we'll come Ahsoka, you know, some something gets revealed in there, and we see Mando pop up, and it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, well, there hasn't okay. been a there hasn't been a show in this timeline that Din hasn't made an appearance in, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that this is true. Hmm. Okay. But well, yeah, we could uh, we could get we could get some more there. But uh, do we have any last thoughts on the Mandalorian here? Hmm. Let's see. I think that's it. I I, I wanted to just get any random last theories I had out, just in case they come true. But I got time for those to even happen. I don't yeah. need to get them all out now. We got time my, my to brain, formulate those My brain as well. has been spent. That that's one one good thing about season three, though. It, it's it's making me think about Star Wars quite a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, one thing and, about your theories that I want to I want to remind everybody is that Snoke's been alive for a while at this point. So mm-hmm. there's no there's nothing going into the creation of Snoke still. Snoke's Jeez. alive and well. Um, yeah, that's which I is a weird know. one. It's a weird mm-hmm. little yeah uh, skank in the scud pie, as uh, Pelimoto would put it. <laughs> we'll see how that plays out. You know, they're, they're obviously filling in those gaps for I mean for a reason. They're mm-hmm. they're letting us know how how it came about. Um, and I don't know. I think I hope Thrawn's a big part of that, and that's how Ahsoka will get wrapped in with this storyline too, and just have Ahsoka thrown in as well, which is just awesome. And I, I can never com- complain about more Ahsoka. Um, no, fuck no. But but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm uh, I'm I'm after rewatching the earlier seasons. It has been interesting. No, like re- thinking that the armorer is a spy the whole time. <laughs> You know, but like I, I'm not, I'm not like uh, just fully there and agreeing with it. But like thinking that it's a possibility, um, there was a an, an imperial base on Navarro the whole time uh, that they thought was abandoned. But oh, Gideon's clones are there, and that's where all of his clone testing was, and Doctor Pershing was, and that's like okay, like is that is that a little coincidental that the covert is on the same planet where Gideon's clones are i don't know you know like i don't know if i'm actually going too far and the the covert gets wiped out and like they need blood they said like they grogu they didn't have enough blood so they needed more if they if they wanted to continue but what if to create these clones you know he he says he's getting the best from each faction they need the literal blood for these clones of the mandalorians to like fuel the actual making of these human clones and like so the wiping out of the covert is just so that Gideon can have all of that blood for his cloning and all of that stuff. And, like, that's what the eyeball creature's draining all of that blood for. And, like, they just – they need the blood itself. And, like, because we, we have no you idea that how – eyeball come... creature, man. Yeah. I love it. Well, I, I know. I, I just really want him to mean something. But, like, I, it's just more of the <laughs> blood. More of the blood, I think. But, uh, yeah, like – Now that you mentioned that, that is weird. I don't know, because Kaminoans were the only people who could clone, and and that uh, you know they they knew something that a lot of people didn't, and maybe it's just that it was so unethical that it was like you need literal life to create life, like you have to have the blood, like it's almost one to one, you know, sort of thing. So like maybe that's like the secret is that Kaminoans just. I don't know, go around and collecting all the dead bodies they can find and just harvesting blood from every species, and I I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm going off the deep end, though. That's what the show's making me do uh, a little bit. Um, but, yeah, so I got to give it credit for that a little bit. You know, seasons one and two didn't make me do that, but uh, this season sure is. Um, 
Well, I think seasons one and two did make us do that, but it was a much more clear direction as to like theories were much mm. more feasible. Like it was concise like, as well. Yeah, not not yeah. Grant, not Palpatine and Snoke like, and oh, cloning and how does the this Shadow Council. Everything. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. who saved Grogu and who's yeah. gonna who's gonna come pick him up, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, like it was it was much more simple and focused. Mm. It wasn't so yeah. grand. And simple doesn't mean like the writing in season one and two was much more simple, but that doesn't mean that it was worse. You know, I no, think you pull off a simple story really well i mm-hmm. think yeah uh, like we've well, seen look at what that can do no 100% like i said when i was given my my ranking you know i think that seasons 1 and 2 while they were more simple it lent them to being better written like that's mm. it helped them more concisely convey the story they were telling and i think yeah. that i think it benefited them uh, in those seasons a lot but uh uh have you any more thoughts on these seasons claire you got any last thoughts here <sighs> last thoughts um i haven't really processed the fact that we're not getting any more Mandalorian this week. Mm. Um, I'm excited to see where the story goes. I don't think that the song of Din and Grogu is yet written, and I'm excited mm. to see where it goes from here. Hell yeah, hell yeah, I love it. If you do not want Star Wars to stop on Wednesdays, we aren't going to stop it here on the Penny Bloom Podcast. Starting Wednesday, we've got the Ahsokast starting, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to be filling in the gap between Mandalorian and Ahsoka with uh, just kind of reliving all of Ahsoka Tano's uh, key moments as a character. We're going to be discussing the Clone Wars movie this Wednesday, and after that, some Clone Wars arcs. Every episode of Rebels, she even kind of makes an appearance in as Fulcrum and such. But uh, yeah, that's every Wednesday for as mm-hmm. as long as until we find out exactly when Ahsoka is in August. We don't know exactly when, but we've got enough to get us to August. And if we need to add more, we can add more. But uh, yeah, so. If you're a if you're a Star Wars fan who doesn't want Star Wars Wednesdays to stop, they don't have to. If you're if you're fucking with us, we can go ahead and keep pushing forth, uh, relive some of those best moments with Ahsoka, and it's going to be a hell of a time. Strongly recommend. Uh, Joseph actually watched the Clone Wars movie for the first time, and we discussed that. That'll be this Wednesday, yeah. so that'll be a fun one. Sadly, it was the first time. It is it is sad to say that it took me this long, but a very good watch nonetheless. And through the lens of Ahsoka, was very interesting. Yeah, and that's uh, the key here. Everything's through the lens of Ahsoka, how it affects Ahsoka. We're not just talking about the the movie or the arcs in general. It's specifically how it affects Ahsoka Tano, which is the the little. That's why it's the Ahsokaast, you know. Mm-hmm. Proud of uh, that name too. You were on. Yeah, there, feel good about that. that. Pretty good. Colton yeah. said it. I mean, he he dropped it. It was in. Te- I saw it in text first, and I'm like, oh, that just looks so good. And then I think I said it, read, it out loud. I think it reads better than it than it sounds. Yeah, a little, a little bit. Yeah. Sound bad, I guess. But, but even though I bad. I said it out loud, and I'm like, oh my god, I hope this doesn't exist. We need it, you know. And I think yeah. we both Googled it at the same time just to make yeah, sure. And like, yeah, nothing's popping up. We're like, we have it's we have to. It, it just makes so much sense. That was the. Sometimes we come up with a name before we come up with the idea for the show, and we're like, oh, we got to figure out how to fulfill this name. But yeah, so uh, that's coming uh, this Wednesday. Um, we're still doing our top 100 Star Wars characters. That'll continue uh, tomorrow on Tuesday with part four, which will be 30 through 39. I'm very excited mm-hmm. for that. And then Thursday will be 20 through 29. So we're we're chipping away at that little by little. Star Wars fans, you got plenty to do here on the Penny Bloom podcast. Uh, Friday, we continue our comic book movie journey through film. And I believe this week is Blade 2? No. Daredevil. Daredevil. I keep forgetting that one exists. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Daredevil starring Ben Affleck. That's what we discussed this Friday. 
Um, mm-hmm. Winter is blooming. Our Game of Thrones rewatch podcast will actually continue later today. Me and Joe are going to have to hop back on and record that here before long. Another goodie. But mm-hmm. uh, can't wait for that. If you're a Game of Thrones fan, you gotta you gotta be rewatching that with us. It's been incredibly rewarding. It's been super fun. Um, remember to leave a five star rate and review wherever you might be listening. Follow on Twitter at Penny Bloom Pod and on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. I want to thank you, Claire, once again for joining us. If you have anything to plug, you mm-hmm. can plug it. Or if not, no big deal. Just uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for convening the Mandalorian support group. Oh, of course, of course. And you're more than welcome. If you ever have any ideas for anything you want to talk about, hit me up and we will try to figure out how to make it happen because I love having you on and it's a great deal. Of, it's a great deal of fun for me. So, uh, yeah, if uh, if we don't have anything before before the next time, I think Batman Begins is the next thing on our docket that we have you slated oh, to wow. join us for. That's fun. I can't wait for that. I know. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Uh, but uh, yeah, so. Again, thank you so much, and uh, thank you, Joseph George, for joining me once again. Oh, thank you for having me. It is always a pleasure. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And this is the way.